Hey everybody, welcome back to Friday Night Dinner with Morgan and Rochelle. This is Morgan. This is Rochelle. <laughs> and we don't know what to say past <laughs> that. we still don't know what we're doing, so you know you're in the right place. Oh my gosh, Legally Blonde. I just watched that because they put it on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I watched it the other day. It holds up. Like, it is still as good I haven't seen it, it in was. so many years. I hadn't I'm either. Like, I need to see this again. It's amazing. Highly recommend. If you haven't seen Legally Blonde, what are you doing with your life? It's incredible. Morgan, I have lots of listener letters on just from everything. <laughs> from Instagram, from email, to read to you. Mm-hmm. All right? So first, I think it's Kirsten, but it could be Kirsten. I apologize. Kirsten slash Kirsten H., Wrote to us on Instagram to share her proposal story. Ooh. We have a couple this week. She wrote, I have a great proposal story. I saw this silly spider ring in a magazine and it was at Pier 1. The husband bought it without me knowing it. We were sitting on the couch on a random Sunday night and I was getting ready to go to bed. And he said, you can't go to bed yet and gave me the ring. And I said, ah, and he put it on my right hand. Or I, and put it on my right hand. And he said, no, you can't put it on that finger. And he took it and put it on my left hand and asked me to marry him with a $6 spider ring. Aww. I mean, it's not a thousand yellow daisies, but. That's adorable. Isn't that the sweetest thing? And she, she sent a picture of the spider ring. She still has it. I think it's like missing one of its legs, but it's really cute. That's really cute. Isn't that the cutest? That's such a cute story. It's kind of like Lane in yes. her little, you know. <laughs> Uh, Although if my husband had proposed with me to me with a ring pop, I definitely would have said yes. Oh, 100%. And then eaten it. Oh, yes. Uh, Robin also wrote in to share a proposal story via email. Robin says, Hello, ladies. I love listening to your podcast, and I first found Gilmore Girls a few years ago, and I've only watched it two times through, but I've been re-watching after listening to each episode. I just finished your recap of season one, and here's my proposal story. It's not crazy or involving a million daisies, but I like telling it, so here it goes. My boyfriend, now my husband, and I were out to breakfast, and he asked me what I wanted to do that day. He was going to be leaving the next day for a six- to nine-month deployment. At the time, he was enlisted in the U.S. Navy. I couldn't think of anything that I really wanted to do before he left. I just wanted to spend time with him. He suggested going to the Tulip Festival. Washington State has a tulip festival where thousands of tulips are planted all over in huge color blocks. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite time of year, which it's actually I've right seen, now. I've seen photos of it. I think it's it. right yeah. now because a, a girl I follow on Instagram was just there yesterday. I think a yesterday. friend of mine, yeah, did it too. There's a, uh, let's see. While I like the idea, oh, it is my favorite fl- time of year because tulips are my favorite flower. Mm-hmm. While I like the idea, I thought it was strange that it was something he would want to do. Not too often does he volunteer to go look at flowers. So after breakfast, we headed to the tulip fields. There's a particular place that plants a huge variety of tulips and has a, a ton of info, like an education center. As we drove up, we realized it was also street fair weekend, causing even more tourists to the area. The first couple of fields we drove to and the tulip barn were extremely busy. I was annoyed by traffic and busyness and asked him to just drive home. I was over it. Oh. <laughs> Jesse proclaimed that we were going to find some tulips. I kept thinking to myself that he was acting so weird. Why was he so determined to look at tulips? Mm-hmm. We finally found a tulip field that wasn't too busy. After getting out of the car, I tried sticking my hand in his sweatshirt pocket to hold his hand, and he pulled away from me. Oh. <laughs> I was so over it by this point. What was his deal? He was leaving tomorrow. As we walked along the field, he kept commenting how muddy the ground was. 
That oh. I, couldn't, I couldn't figure that out either. Why did he care about mud? It all made sense when he said that he really wanted to get down on one knee but didn't expect the mud. He pulled out the ring box and in the middle of the tulip field he proposed. Mm. I guess my story did involve a bunch of flowers. That's adorable. Isn't that the cutest thing you've ever heard? Oh my gosh. And I could totally see myself doing that. I yeah. could see myself totally like ruining a day <laughs> that my husband moment. is trying to like propose to me did on. I, did I tell, I don't think I told you this or on the podcast the day that my ex-husband proposed to me, I almost ruined it mm-hmm. because he had wanted to propose on a hike and I had gotten home from work that day. I had already worked out. I was like, I don't really want to go for a hike. I'm really tired. And he's like, no, 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 let's go. And it was the same thing where I was like, why does he want to go on a hike? He hates hiking. I have to drag him on hikes. Mm-hmm. And I, he was like, no, please, like, let's go, let's go. And I was like, oh, I'm really tired. And like, so I almost ended up doing the same thing, like ruining the proposal, which I thought was funny. I ruined Rudy's proposal. Yeah, you told me. I think the story. I said it on the podcast, yeah. yeah. Daria, Daria or Daria, I'm sorry, I'm really having trouble pronouncing names today, wrote in via email to share an oven story. Uh, her email was wonderful. It was super long, so I'm just going to read a few parts of it. So she wrote in and said, this is a little weird because normally I just listen to podcasts and don't interact, but I just wanted to tell you gals how much I love the podcast. One of my college roommates watched Gilmore Girls all the time, so I had seen bits and pieces of it. It wasn't until my junior year, 2019, I'm a baby, I know, that I really watched it through in its entirety. Every time I watch it, I notice something different or I feel differently about situations. I was a journalism major, so I feel like I identify with Rory very frequently, and when I watched it my senior year of college while she was in her senior year of college, it was so strange. I love hearing your views on the show, though, because it's awesome to hear what y'all think as you have more life experiences than I do. I can definitely see where you're coming from, and it gives me a new appreciation for a lot of the of the other characters, too. On to my oven story. My fiance's parents used the oven for storage. It was mostly pans and baking dishes, so it was all stuff that would be fine when preheating the oven. But one time, the vegetable drying rack was in there with all the pots and pans. I have attached a picture of this so you have a reference. Well, it turns out the gray part that holds the metal bars together is rubber. Oh, gosh. So one day when we were living there during the beginning of COVID, I turned the oven on to preheat and the rubber ends melted. I ended up having to buy my mother or my soon-to-be mother-in-law, her, a new one, but it was okay. She thankfully thought it was funny while I felt so bad for ruining oh. her thing. Also, I've seen all except the second part of the last movie of the Harry Potter series, but I've never read them. Listening to you guys made me buy the complete book series <gasps> and now I'm reading them. So oh, I know making my life. Right? So I know more about what you're talking about during the sorting episodes. Oh, it's so good. You're not gonna regret it. Life changingly good. Ugh, the best. Also I think the only thing that could have made that story more hilarious is if like somehow the rubber had melted and not only ruined the vegetable rack but ruined all the pots all and the pans pot- inside of the <laughs> oven right? and the oven. And then she like had to replace the oven, the pots and pans and the vegetable rack. Oh it's so great. That would have been something that knowing my like would have happened if I had done it. And then a happy landing on Instagram wrote in about, so remember our conversation when Rory goes to build the houses about, is that contractor Tom? Oh yeah, it's the same actor. So it's the same actor. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. So a happy landing wrote, hello, firstly, I absolutely love your podcast. You guys add so much joy to my enjoyment of Gilmore Girls. Podcasts have been such a happy getaway in this pandemic. Thank you for being such an excursion for me. I just listened to your episode on Hammers and Veils. I noticed you thought the contractor wasn't Tom. I remember thinking it was him, and I went on a dive to find out. According to IMDb and Gilmore Girls Wiki, Biff Yeager was that contractor who gives her the quick instructions for building. He might not be playing Tom, but Biff Yeager is the same actor. It might be a smaller example of what happened to Kirk. Mm -hmm. Anyways, I I thought you guys might be interested in finding out. Keep up the wonderful work, and God bless. So, it is the same actor. It's just not the same character. It makes sense that they would like 
have an actor on for a small part and like, like them, them, yeah, and then want to give them a well, bigger part. And, and that's I wrote back, Kirk, you know. Well, and I wrote back and said the same. The same thing happened with um, Anna. So Anna, yeah, is Anna plays Jess's, Jess's like dad's, dad's girlfriend. girlfriend, right? Which she looks so much cuter with the blonde I hair. Agree. I have to admit, I agree. Like, I also like her better as that character. I don't yeah. like her as Anna. Oh yeah, and well, because Anna is one of the worst characters the on the entire worst. show. Oh, one of the, the worst, worst like people. Like, oh, Horrible. I can't stand her. And then Laura Johnson on Instagram wrote in and said, I have always thought Madeline and Louisa's names should be switched too. Right? Yep. Oh, good. I'm she glad said, I'm the only one. I could never remember which was which other than to think it's the opposite of, of what, what you think assume. it is. Yep. Yes. So thank you, Laura, for what did they say? Wasn't affirming us. I was the one that said that, right? Yeah. In the other episode. Well, and I, I agree because like I said the same yeah, thing. Yeah, I feel like their, their names should have been switched. Like Louise... Like, Madeline just sounds like it's, like, the bad girl. Yeah. Like, the way that Madeline talks, I you know? I agree. 100% agree. And then, uh, man, there was another one I had, and I didn't write it down, but someone reached out, and it's going to drive me nuts until I find their name. Someone reached out to give us a little lovely correction in the kindest way possible. But remember how we made that comment about how there's always people out and about in Stars Hollow, even in, like, the middle of the winter. Yeah. Well, apparently... Except for when that stoplight out right. happens, yeah. Apparently, on the East Coast, that's actually a legitimate thing. Like, they what? are always out and about walking around, no matter the, win- like, the winter... Here we go. It was Kimberly. So, Kimberly said... Hi, ladies. Listening to the VeggieTales episode, and you said people would not be walking around in the wintertime in Connecticut. It's not true. New Englanders are hardy people, and they're outside all through the year. I have lived in California, so I understand why you wouldn't believe it. But I've also lived in Connecticut and Maine, and people are absolutely out and about running, walking, and doing all kinds of things, pretty much whatever the weather. If they didn't, they'd barely leave the house because the weather here can be crazy. Anyway, love the pod and just had to chime in. Okay, so I totally get that, like... Yeah, the weather's here. Weather's a lot crazier there than it is here, so they have to get out. But speaking as somebody who's been to Connecticut three times, and I know I didn't live there like right. she did, I went in October when it was chilly and there was nobody out. Interesting. But I was, and I, I mean, I understand like in a big town, like yeah. if you were in Boston, of course people are going to be right. out and about. But I was in a little town in Connecticut. I can't for the life of me remember what it was. It was like 20 minutes out of Bristol, and there was nobody out hmm. like all day. It could I have drove just around been a, for a that whole day. day. In or fact, something. I drove all the way to New Haven, and I was like shocked by how few people I saw. So, I mean, it could have been just a few times I've visited. It's been like that, but I think the way the reason I'm so surprised is because Stars Hollow is a, supposed to be a small right. town. Like your population is basically nothing, and yeah. every day, like Lorelai will be at work in the middle of the week and like step out to like go to lunch or something. Yeah, and there's like a thousand people out. Like I think in it's... the middle of the week in a small town. I mean, we live in like a big bustling city. Even in the summer, in the middle of the day, yeah. there's not that many people out. Like, I think it's just the charm of Stars Hollow is that nobody else has anything to, to do. do. Like they have ten stores that peddle porcelain unicorns. They have literally yeah. nothing 10? else to do. Ten? I thought it was three. No, he in this episode, I think he says ten. And that's you're on. That's all I have from social media and email. Anything else before we move into recapping what happened last episode? No, don't make me do it. <laughs> <laughs> Morgan, you have one job on this podcast. One actual job. I have one actual job. So in the last episode, hammers and veils. Um, Wait, was that the last episode? No, it was Red Light on the Wedding Night. What? Yeah. Didn't you or, just no, say? No, it was the road trip to Harvard. Oh, gosh. The yeah. road trip to Harvard. Sorry. I, you know, it's because people are talking about the hammers. Also, it's been two weeks since we recorded. Yeah, because so we had to take a week off because my, um, my husband's brother and his wife 
and their daughter came to mm-hmm. visit uh, Rudy and I now that we're all vaccinated. And the week before that was my birthday. Yeah. So we took that so weekend we've off. Been, we've taken a couple of weekends off recording. And so I'm just very discombobulated. Also, I just finished the whole yes. series oh, of Gilmore Girls. Oh, you did. I but not whole, here in life. I've watched the first episode. <gasps> okay. I finished the first episode. Um, I mean, obviously, I've seen it a billion right, times right, right. for those, if just in case anyone's listening to this for the first time. <laughs> right, I've watched right. it more than once. Right. But I was, I've been watching through the series again. Yeah. And I just finished it. And so, like, I'm also confused because I don't know what, like, I've seen different episodes than the ones that were on. So yeah, then I watched the episode I'm on and right. the episode that we're on. And then I just, everything is It's confusing. so confusing because I watched this episode today to prep for recording and I'm in season seven. And so it's weird because Rory looks so so young in this episode and Luke Luke looks super young they all just look I mean I know it was like five years before so of course they look young but man they look young like she's got a round face and just looks like a school you know what I mean like she looks like a schoolgirl, and then now she's like in college and she's got bangs and it is weird to go back and like see how young she looks yeah and also like how, like, they didn't put any, like, they, like, it's also funny to see, just as a person who, like, loves makeup, yeah. how they slowly start adding makeup and more makeup and more yeah. to her regimen. Yeah. Until, like, by the end of the series, like, she has a classic Full makeup look. Eye. She <laughs> does. Like, she'll have, like, the liquid eyeliner or the, you know, the, the like, everything. Right. And I'm like, every, you know. Anyways, funny. so the road trip to Harvard, you want to recap what happened in that episode? So basically, um, Lorelai has dipped on her wedding to Max. And they, hermetting to Max. Hermetting to Max. Uh, <laughs> they go and they stay at a B and B that they that, that they are terrified of, and they all of a sudden they're like, "Where are we gonna go?" And Lorelai's like, "I know where we're going." And she takes Rory to Harvard, which we couldn't figure out why that was the first time they've ever been to Harvard when so they bizarre. live literally in Connecticut. So bizarre. Um, and they you know look around Harvard. Rory sits in on a class. Lorelai thinks about her life and how she yep. could have had that life, kind of you know. That's about it. That's what happened. They get home and yep, it's and very the exciting. The is still there. The chuppa is chuppa. still there. All right, <clears throat> so we're getting into this episode. Nick and Nora sit in Nancy. So we start at Luke Steiner. I almost called it. <laughs> I almost called it Cafe Luke. Cafe Luke. <laughs> I don't know why. That'd be way too fancy for Luke. Yeah, Come I on. know. I don't know why I called it. Was gonna call it that <clears throat> at Luke Steiner. What if they had named it Luke's Cafe? It just wouldn't have fit. No, it wouldn't have worked. He's a he's like he's a, a, a diner man. guy. He's you gonna know? be a diner, yeah. He's, it's a diner guy. And so we're at Luke's diner, and Rory wants to get to school early because it's the first day of senior year, and she wants. Okay, I resonate with this so hard because this is the exact set type of person I am. I want to get there early. I want to map out the best route. I want to know where my locker is. I want to know like. Like, I like preparation and planning. I like to be prepared. You're mm-hmm. like this. You like to know where the parking situation's going to be. Like When I go places. Yes. Not, not high school, though, I got to say. High school, I hated high school. And we went to a pretty small yeah. high school, so I knew where most things were. So I, like, wanted to get there as late as I possibly could so yeah. I didn't have to interact with people. College, though. Oh, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Like, I want to get there early. If I'm going to dinner at a place for the first time, especially right. if I'm going to the city right. or whatever, like... I want to be so... I, like, Google map it, I have Google Earth early. it, and I'm, like, zooming and, yep. like, looking where everything is. I have is. to be early every... It doesn't matter how much I like it or hate it. I have to be there early. Yeah. I hate running late. It's my pet peeve is when I am running late. I don't care if other people run late. My pet peeve is when I run late. I, I don't do know the parking situation somewhere. That stresses, stresses me out to oh, no it's end. it's so stressful. Uh, it can be 10 minutes down the road. Now, if I don't know the parking situation nope. and I think it's going to be bad, 
I will Uber. Uber, 100%. I don't care. I will Uber. But like, I just I can't, can't. I'll lose my mind. I have to be there early. I have to be set up and ready to go. I don't like being rushed. I don't like feeling frazzled or yeah. unprepared. I'm Nuh-uh. just a very prepared person. So it's very, so I understand why Rory's like, I want to get to be school prepared, early. Be prepared. Be prepared. This lesson must be shared. That's a great movie. Uh, deep cut if anyone knows that movie. Um, <laughs> so Lane comes in because she knows that Rory's school is down the street from like a record store and she wants a bunch of new records and mm-hmm. that are coming out. And so Luke comes over and, oh, oh no, the Dosey, Boy Scouts Dosey. come out. The Boy come Scouts in. come in with, with Taylor and Luke is on the phone and they're like waiting for his attention basically. Mm-hmm. And so is Lorelai because she wants donuts. So they're all waiting to get Luke's attention. He's on the phone. Meanwhile, we find out later with his sister, who is telling him basically that she's shipping her son, Jess, to live with Luke. Like, Mm -hmm. not even asking him, just basically telling him, like, he's already on a bus. Like, get ready, right? I, You know, the thing about Luke that I like is that he is, like, a family first guy. He will do anything for family. We see this over and over again. We see this with Jess. We see this with April when he learns that he has a daughter. He is all in. He is, like... I don't care that I barely know you. You Even are my child. Even people he pretends to hate. Yes. Like Taylor. Like, and Kirk. I was actually watching the first episode of The Year in the Life, mm. and that's when Taylor is trying to push for the sewer system. Right. And, like, Taylor goes off in the diner at these people being annoying and wanting the Wi-Fi password. Right. And Luke's like, I'll do your septic tank story <laughs> or whatever, you know. Yeah, and then, like, we see it with Kirk with the Easter eggs. Like, mm-hmm. he goes and he collects all the Finds missing the last Easter, Easter eggs. Luke is a, like, family man. I mean, He's you see that with guy. his dad. Like, he took over the hardware store and turned it into a diner because... And he kept the boat forever because family, I think, is the most important thing to Luke. Mm-hmm. 100%. And he treats a lot of people like family. Like, he considers Lorelai and Rory his family. Like, he gets Rory birthday presents every year. So, basically, he runs to the store and Lorelai runs into him. And he's carrying all the stuff, and she's like, what's going on? And he's like, oh, my sister, he tells Lorelai, my sister's sending her son to live with me in hopes, basically, like, basically she's fed up with him him and and hopes that I can straighten him out, which, not cool of Liz, not cool. I get that she's been a terrible mom, and in a way... Also, can we just... Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, in a way, it's like, I'm annoyed with her that this was, like, she's taking advantage of her brother's goodness... And knowing that he will take any family member in. Yeah. So I'm like, also, like, that's good. Because I'm like, good. She's finally recognizing that she's not a good mom. And maybe somebody else should be taking care of her child. But also, like, it's really sad that it got to that point where you literally ignored your child and treated him like crap. And you're just passing him off to another (laughs) relative. Also, can can we just talk for a second about the fact that, like, literally, this woman is a horrible mother. Mm -hmm. Basically has traumatized Jess yeah. to essentially that he has some serious like he's a he's got some serious abandonment oh, issues 100%. like some serious issues because, and anger issues well, because of the way that she raised yeah. him and and I mean don't get me wrong a lot of women go through a lot of things and have children and have to manage and they manage the best that they can yes and I sympathize with that but can we just talk about the fact that, like, she shows up later on in the show and, like, nobody like says anything happens. about it. Yeah. And then has another kid. Yeah, I know. And I'm, and, and, I know. And I just, that's the part I don't get is, like. And she tries to act they all, have like, her join and then, yes, oh, like, yeah. I, you, like, my and guy. And I'm, like, like ugh. she just shows up and then all of a sudden, like, everybody just ignores the fact that basically she has a traumatized son. I, it's you know not, I mean? honestly, the way that they treat the whole Liz situation in the show, I. It's so odd she's, to me. I, She's supposed to be this likable, lovable character when she shows up. And I 
do not like her. You're kind of, I'm so mad at her yeah. that I'm like, I... She never really truly acknowledges what she did to Jeff. No, she kind she of does. She really says apologizes. She never, She like, sort of does before the wedding to TJ, but I'm like, at that point, you're basically telling your son, I'm prioritizing this other dude over you, and I'm going to try again with him because, like, my first attempt clearly wasn't super successful. Is kind of what you're saying to your son. That's really sad. You know? I don't know. It was, the whole thing bummed me out. And then also the fact that she has another kid. Yeah, that she's essentially like gonna do this one right. Right, right. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's good. If she has another kid, she should definitely do it right. But man, that's probably gonna make Jess feel even worse. It's not cool at all. Like, oh, you didn't care much about me, but you care a lot about this one. Right, That's gotta hurt. I 100% agree. But I do, so part of me is torn. Part of me is like, Good on you, Liz, for finally realizing that you're a crap mother and maybe sending your son to somebody who actually <coughs> care about him. Yeah. But then also, like, that's a really crappy thing to do to, to your son and yeah. to your brother. And part of me should be like, you know, I'm happy that she's pulled herself together and yes. become a better person. Yes. Because we should want that. Of course. And, you know, if somebody turns around, becomes a better person, gets their life together, and wants a fresh mm-hmm. start, I understand that. Yeah. Like, and I support that. But... She should be treating her son better. Yeah. And later on. Like, yeah. it's just the way she treat. Well, the way that she talks to him acts like nothing happens. She does. She acts like, like we're their buddy deserve, buddy. She deserves to have, you know, a, a fresh start. She doesn't yes. deserve to have the whole rest of her life be horrible no. or ruined or whatever. Because she wasn't a great mom the first time. But I feel like she should be... I don't know. Just the way she talks to him yeah. is just like she wasn't as. Um, it's like, like she doesn't acknowledge. She's any not of really her own trying thoughts. to make amends. And you she doesn't yeah. really try to make. Yeah, amends. and you know, I know, like you don't want to live in your sorrows forever no. and ever and stuff. Like, and you don't need to tiptoe around, Jess, right? But like, it's just totally glossed over. Yeah, it like is. that's the weird part to me. She barely makes an apology, in my yeah. opinion, and she doesn't really try with him. And then she kind of acts like she doesn't understand why Jess basically hates her and doesn't want to be around her. And I'm and like, and then he Liz. still comes and walks her down the aisle yes. for her wedding. Yeah. And I know that like. Luke has to sort of threaten him. Right. But it's like, do you blame him? He actually becomes like, the bigger man. Yeah, he does. That. He becomes, and I, I don't know. The whole thing is just. It's it's all crappy. Yeah, it kind of makes me annoyed. I'm glad I'm not the only one that thinks that. Okay, so this kind of annoys me with Lorelai a little bit. So, and I don't know, maybe you disagree with me. So Lorelai is basically trying to talk Luke out of taking in his nephew. Yeah. I don't think that this is super cool. I understand that she's probably doing it from a place of caring about Luke and knowing that Luke is the kind of person that will bend over backwards for family. Mm -hmm. But as somebody who knows that about Luke and that he will bend over backwards for family and do whatever he can, the fact that she's trying to take, talk him out of taking on this responsibility when like, let's be real, other than the diner, Luke doesn't really have responsibility. Yeah. Like he's responsible to himself, kind of to the town through the, via the diner. But he doesn't really have anything else going on. He's not married. He doesn't have any other children that he knows of yet. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Why not? take? Yeah. Like, why is she trying to talk him out of okay. doing a good thing and being a good uncle? I am so happy you brought that up. Because also, let's think about how many times Lorelai flips out yes. to people about them giving their input on how she mothers her Yes. Daughter. Flips yep. out. She does it to Luke. Yep. Holds it against him forever. Yep. She's, it is not her place. No, not It is all. not her place to be telling him... Don't take in your nephew. Right. Don't take in your nephew who needs you and clearly is struggling. Yes. Like, like number and one. And has a really crappy mom yeah. that isn't taking care of exactly. him. Exactly. Number one, where's your heart? Number right. two, like, I get that she's trying to protect her friend. Yes. But it is absolutely not, not her place. Not the right move. It's not her place to be telling him he basically can't handle it. No. Also, like, it's not her place to be telling him not to take his, his nephew. But also the fact that she's approaching it in a way that sounds like you, like, basically you, you cannot can't handle do it. it. Yeah. It's like... 
how do you have such little faith in your friend who's yeah. always been there for you and yes, her daughter? And, and that's you the know, thing. She always she, runs to Luke for every little thing that happens. Luke is the person she goes basically to. Basically, doubts that he can handle. Yeah. This. And then she, you know, she writes that letter when Luke is trying to get some custody of, of his, April, of April, mm-hmm. it, saying basically how he's been like a father yes. to Rory, and it's like he's been an excellent figure in your life. He's been dependable right. always. Right. And you think that he can't ha- handle like, this? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's more for her own selfish reasons because she doesn't want Luke yes. to be. His attention He's divided. A, yeah, she doesn't want his attention on anyone else. It's the yeah. same thing about, like, she doesn't want Luke dating anyone else. Right. And it's just, like, you, the way that she sometimes is controlling over Luke upsets me. Right. Like, I'm actually really and then glad she you said that. Him, she doesn't let it go the other way. She, right. Like, he, he doesn't, I feel like sometimes he doesn't get what he wants. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm glad you said that, because I never even thought about it that way. I just thought, like, wow, that's really crappy, Lorelai. But you're right. The reason she does it is because she wants his attention all to herself. She doesn't want him dating anyone else. She doesn't want him paying attention to anyone yeah. else. She wants to be able to run to Luke anytime. Yeah. That's that's really, I'm glad you, you pointed that out because I never really connected those dots until now. And I know it's like, aw, she loves Luke, but right. realistically, this is kind of manipulation. It is. Now, here's bit, the thing. Guys. I will say that I don't disagree with her later when she basically tells Luke, like, if you're going to do this parenting thing, you, gotta you need do to do it. it right. Yeah. That part I agree with when she says, like, you can't you just be like... You have to ask him where he's going. Exactly. You, to, you know what I mean? He needs I mean, a little tough love. Like, she's like, this kid is not a good kid. Once he again, needs tough love. she should... She should still approach it as in, like, yes. do you want advice? Right. Because, right. once again, she's just coming in and giving unsolicited right. advice. I know she has a kid. Yes. But, oh, my gosh. Speaking as yeah, a newer true. mother, true. nothing is more annoying than women who've had children right. coming to you, speaking to you like you know nothing. nothing. Yeah. And they're like, let me give you some advice. And they phrase it, phrase it as if they're trying to be helpful. Or maybe yeah. they are trying to be helpful, but it's so condescending. Right. And so, like... I know what I'm doing. Right. Like, and I can raise my children differently than you raise yours yeah. and it'll be fine. And like, to be fair, she's... Oh, it drives me insane. She's not wrong with the advice she gives him and Luke later realizes that and basically does what she tells him. But the, yeah, the way she approaches it is like, let me give you all this unsolicited advice, yeah. kind of like we do at the end of our episodes, and tell you basically how to parent this child. Now, she's not wrong because she has a child and... She she understands that Jess needs a little bit of structure. Yes. This is something he doesn't have, and she, in order is, to be effective, it is good advice. Yes, I agree. It's yeah. good advice. It's just not given well, and it's not like you're you're so right. You should ask somebody before you just give them your unsolicited advice, or if they ask for, or if they it. ask yeah. for it, and also not do it in a way that, like you said, is condescending. She'd be yeah. like, "Hey, this is what worked for me. It might not work for you, but just so you, yeah. just in case you're curious, this is what I did, and it really worked." Yeah, and there's different ways to approach things. And I think I'm sort of going into my because I think it's my turn to give advice. No, it's mine actually. Oh, okay. But you well, can I'm going to give some advice now yeah. since we're not at the end yet. My unsolicited advice is. And, I, I mean, this is to men and women, but I feel like women are a little yes. bit worse about, in my experience. Right. Ladies, if your friend is having a child and they do not directly ask you for your cool. opinion on something, especially if you don't have a relationship yeah. that you're, like, buddy-buddy right. and, like, best friends, do not give them no. advice. If it's life-saving advice, like, oh, hey, or something that's detrimental, like, I see that you're about to feed your one-month-old honey. Right, like, right. Yeah, maybe tell them, like, oh, you're really not supposed to feed a one-month-old right. honey. You know, whatever, like... But if you're giving advice to your friends about, like, 
they're just don't. If you're judging them, especially like if it's well, a judgmental yeah. thing, and if it's, it's like, like you're not doing it right, you're not momming right. It's like it's there's like, enough pressure about yeah. being a mom, and some people just want to do things the way that they can, right? You know what right. I mean? And it's and like, I know that people think they're being helpful, and that's that's totally fine. But like, don't get me there's wrong. a better like way to 5% do it. Five percent of it was helpful, right? Ninety-five percent of it came across as either condescending, yes. annoying, or it was very unhelpful or unnecessary. Right. And right. It, it, and and I and I know I'm not the only one that thinks that because yeah. I have a, quite a few friends that oh, are having yeah. kids and they say the exact same thing. I hear that thing. from every new mom. It's like every new it's mom. like I don't don't need you to treat me like I don't know anything. Right. Like it, it it's just frustrating. It was really really annoying. Right. Like people and then people who didn't even have kids. Oh jeez. That was the best. I do not want your unsolicited advice. Yes. Please stop. Hundred percent. Because to an end, it comes across as I am wiser and I know more than you. Right. And Giving advice is not bad. No. It's not bad. But for some reason, when it comes to having kids, people feel like they can just give you advice, especially about really personal matters. Right. Every day, every person does. Right. And in, and in no other area of my life has anyone ever been that way. It's especially interesting, that too. That way, that severely. It's especially interesting, too, because... There, a lot of them think that they are, like, the perfect parent. And I'm like, there is no such thing as a perfect parent. Yeah. No parent is perfect. A lot of times I look at those people and then I look at their children and I'm like, like mm, is that the, is way, that the way? way? And again, there is a way to approach it that is helpful and is respectful of a person's choices. Yeah. It's almost like consent. It's like, mm-hmm. it's, it's, do I can, like, whenever I try, I try, I don't know that I'm the best at it, but like, whenever I'm talking to my friends or anybody that I care about and I want to give advice, I always preface it or I always try to preface it with, take it or leave it. This is, this is how I like how it worked for me yeah it might not work for you and that's fine and I'm not going to be offended if you don't don't. agree yeah (laughs) but just you know I like I went through this experience and this is what happened and this is how I handled it it might not work the same for you so I think there is a way to approach it where you like she could have been supportive with Luke and said like I have done this parenting thing it is a lot of responsibility are you sure you're ready for the responsibility and what comes with it there's a different way to approach things. There I feel is. like sometimes, especially like, because the most recent thing recently has been friends of mine having kids. Right. If I'm approaching them with something, a lot of times I'll be like, you know, every child is different. Every child. So what worked for Amelia when right. she was having colic was to hold her in this hold and do this for her. Right, exactly. And I was like, it worked really well for her. You know, but it you, might not work yeah, for your child. Because every child is different. Yes. Like, and my solution is, not, and, and that's an approach she could have taken here. She could have been right. like, you know. You know, every child is different, but with Rory, this worked really well. Well, and also a boundary here, and also she should know better than anyone because she always like what she tells Max. Remember yep. about like Rory doesn't need exactly um, me to give her a what exactly. was it called a curfew, curfew. because she yeah. she's never going to stay out late, right? Because once again, every child is different. Some yeah. children have different difficulties than others, right? Some people, some children need to be disciplined in different ways. Yes. You know, like it, it just certain things well, work better for some. Than and Lorelai should also recognize that. You know, okay, Rory, yes, was raised without a father, but Rory, Rory had an amazing upbringing with her mom. Her mom was was a mother and a father rolled into one, was, was two parents in one. Yeah. And was super supportive and was, you know, never made her feel like she was lacking, even mm-hmm. though she didn't have a dad active and present in her life. Yeah. Just, so Rory is a good kid all around because she had a very supportive home life. Just comes from a very, very different background. Didn't know his dad. Exactly. Yeah. His mom didn't care about him. You know, doesn't treat him right. So he is not going to need the same type of parenting that 
that Rory did. And Luke is a little bit right when he says, like, did you ever think that maybe you just got lucky with Rory? Like, some kids are easier. Some kids don't need as much parenting, especially if they've been raised in an environment that was supportive and loving and amazing, unlike Jess. Okay, straight up. As much as, like, I get that what Luke said was kind of mean. It was Like, basically, mean. like, taking away the credit right. from Lorelai right. of being a good mom. He is a little He's right. not wrong. Lorelai, yeah. a lot of it is her personality. Yes. And you can't beat a personality into a kid. You right. know what I mean? Right. Like, some kids are just, there's parents who are excellent parents. Yes. And they have kids that are, not one kid that's kids. absolutely right. insane and one kid that's an angel. Like, right. just, kids are different. Yes. And they're human beings. Yeah. They're each individual persons. And as much as, like... It was kind of a diss for him to say that. Especially the and whole it, pregnant at 17 like, thing, or exactly. 16 thing. Yeah. And like, I mean, and like. He's not wrong. I mean. It's, it, it would hurt if somebody said that to me yeah. or something. Because it's like, okay, you didn't get to see, you didn't see all the ridiculously hard work I've put into raising my daughter. Right, like, right. And for you to basically take all that credit away right. from me and basically just say, oh, it's because she's You're easy. You're lucky, yeah. Like, he is kind of right. He's kind of right. She's very, I mean, he should not have approached that no. way, but he's right. She, right. She's a, she's a, her personality is very easygoing. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, she wasn't interested in boys until, right. like, her sophomore year of high school. Right. You know what I mean? Just, like, everything about her has been a lot easier. Yes. You know, she loves school. Right. She's a straight student because she enjoys it. Right. Like, there's so many parents who would kill for that, who instill the love for learning in their kids, yep. but still cannot get their kids to want to do school. Right. Like, you know what I mean? It's, he has a bit of a point, and she did get pregnant at 16. Same idea. She, you know, maybe she isn't the poster child of the most responsible person right. in the entire world. Like, you know what I mean? I mean, everybody makes mistakes, and everybody, yeah. things happen that they don't plan on. Right. And I'm not saying, like, but I mean, she wasn't a responsible 16-year-old. Well, and we it goes to show. the flashbacks, you know what well, I mean? Well, and it goes to show that unorthodox parenting can turn out okay. Like, yeah. Lorelai got it pregnant at 16 and it worked out for her. So yeah, why, why couldn't, happen to her, right. Yeah. So why couldn't it work out for Luke and Jess, you know? Oh, so she basically is like, okay, well, if you're going to do it, you need to do it right. You need to get him like a real bed. Like he can't be like sleeping on an air mattress, blah, right. blah, blah. A, isn't it like a, a raft or Basically something? it's a raft. Because they didn't have any air mattresses. And then she's like, and you have a second set of sheets, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> of course I do. And then he's like, oh, I gotta get sheets. <laughs> <laughs> so then we get to Chilton, first day of school. And Paris has spent all summer being angry still with Rory. They're still in a fight. Which is hilarious. And Rory's like, Paris, we are not only going to school together for another year, but we're going to be working on the paper together. We're going to be spending a lot of time together. Like, can we not just put this pettiness behind us? And so, of course, in true Paris fashion, she pretends to put it all behind them and is like, okay, like, I'll see you at the Franklin meeting at four o'clock, right? So then we go back to Stars Hollow and Jess gets off the bus. And okay, I would like to preface this that every discussion we have going forward for as long as Jess is in the show, I would like all of our listeners as well as ourselves to divorce Milo Ventimiglia from Jess because I'm going to say it right now. Milo is a beautiful human being inside (laughs) and out. Okay, like he, I love Milo Ventimiglia, but you have to divorce him from Jess going forward in Michelle every really scenario. really cannot stand young Jess. Because young Jess... Him. And to be honest, I kind of... I have a love-hate relationship I feel with for him. I, I do. have a love-hate relationship because number one, I cannot help but feel for him the yes, whole show. Yes, of course. Number two, I do kind of like his little snarky A little bit, sometimes. yes. You're just like... You know, this kid's a crack. Like, he's funny, you know? He could have been a lot worse. Like, okay, yeah. he steals a gnome. Like, yeah, big like, deal. Yeah, like, little, little ridiculous things. 
But he is a little bit of a crackhead. Well, and the way he treats Rory and Dean and Lorelai and Luke, like he doesn't treat people very nicely. And that's what that's what I mean when I say separating Milo from Jess is that I think a lot of people look at the 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 actor and they they love the actor, so they cut the character slack. Yeah, you cannot do that here because Jess is a is not a good person when he's young. He's just not, and he has every reason not to be. He was raised in a very you know horrible environment with a very absent mother and absent father so I get why he is the way he is Mm -hmm. but I would just like to make that statement now because Rochelle loves Milo and she can't stand Jess I love Milo and I cannot stand young Jess I love older Jess also okay it's weird as the fact that his name is Jess and not Jesse it fits him very well have you thought about that like it fits his character very very well yep So, he gets off the bus. Of course, he's not very talkative. It's very clear he doesn't want to be in Stars Hollow. Luke shows him around the apartment. Also, do you think his real name is Jesse? Or do you think it's Jess? I think it's just Jess. Yeah. But I don't know. Is that, like, a thing? Like I don't know. Do people just name their kids Jess? They also call her Lorelai and Rory. So, the creator of the show is, you know... Doing whatever she wants. That's true. I mean, there are some really weird names in this show. Like, really weird names. Which I'm not against. I like weird names, but there are some really weird ones. So this is an instance where Luke, you know, he doesn't know what to do. He's never been a parent. He doesn't understand, you know, and also I think he doesn't want to like overstep his boundaries with Jess because it's his nephew. It's not his son, you know, and he hasn't probably seen him for a while. So Jess basically is like, I'm going out, I'm taking off, whatever, and just like takes off. And I love the song that plays here when Jess walks out of the diner and looks at Stars Hollow and it's basically yes. like, this is this hell. hell. This is hell. <laughs> and it's so funny. One of the greatest songs. And it's songs. like people skipping yes. and being happy. It's like merry-go-round. It's so great. And this okay. is hell. <laughs> also, I know that we're skipping way ahead here, but one of my favorite songs that plays on the show is the episode where... Him and Rory kissed by that gas pump. Oh, yeah. Later. I yeah. love that song. That's a good song. Yeah. That's a good song. So then we get back to Chilton. Then she appeared. That one. <laughs> and Rory realizes that she is 45 minutes late to the meeting because Paris told her it starts at 4, but it actually starts at 3.15 sharp. And so, of course, she all the good articles are taken, so Paris assigns her the repaving. <laughs> repaving of the faculty okay. book. Let me just, I just want to say something really quick. Which one is it? Madeline or Louise? Madeline's the brunette, right? Yep. Madeline, I see, I gotta switch it every time. Madeline later asks if she can write a gossip column for the high school newspaper. It is a high school newspaper. That a gossip be, column makes yeah. so much sense. You know how many people so much, would pick but up? But also at the same time, I can't see a high school supporting a gossip but column because do you know how many more students so would actually read the yeah. newspaper if there was a gossip you know, column? There'd be a really good way to handle that. It wouldn't yes. be gossip about the students. It'd be gossip about like, did you hear that they might be adding this in the cafeteria? Yes. Or it would did be you hear like, that like, style. that, like, that, that like this, this popular actor who's popular to high schoolers right. might be coming to Stars Hall. Whatever, you know what I mean? Yes. Like, I, it actually could be approached very well if it was handled tactfully. hundred And it would be way more interesting to a high school student. People would actually pick up the paper and read it. I can 100% exactly. guarantee you that the readership would go up a thousand percent. I if agree. there was a gossip. It's so, actually pretty brilliant. The gossip column, though, is scoffed at, but yet... They want to write in the newspaper about the repaving a parking lot. lot. Not even the student parking yeah. lot. The faculty, the faculty part. I'm like, I'm sorry. You thought the gossip column was dumb? Yeah. You, like, know, you have a very good point there. Anyways, I just think that's ridiculous. Of course, Paris still has this vendetta against Rory. So Rory leaves the meeting. Rory runs into Max, and it's a super awkward interaction. They basically don't talk. And, of course, Paris... <laughs> 
happens to look out the window and see this super awkward interaction. And she knows that something, something must be is, happening. Something wicked this something way Something is brewing. Actually, somebody wrote to us about that, too. They were saying that in episode 13, there a quote, um, by the pricking of my thumb, something wicked this way comes. And apparently that's also in a year. It's repeated in a year in the life. And they were asking if we thought it was significant. But I, I think, and I wrote back and said, I basically think this show, from doing Pop Culture Corner, I've learned that this show just recycles pop culture mm-hmm. uh, references. And I think it was just a recycle reference. Yeah. But since you're in a year in life right now, keep an ear out for it and let me know if you think there's a significance to the repetition from season mm. one to Year in the Life. You know, one more thing. I feel like this episode is going to be so long. Uh, one <laughs> more thing. All? Also, can we just note that we give Paris a lot of passes, but you don't give Jess quite as many. No, I was actually going to go Paris, off on Paris in this Paris one. Paris? I do not. Is, I'm not okay with this. She fights with herself, and she fights with the fact that she's basically been ignored by her parents. Yep. And her own self-worth. Yeah. And she lashes out at people because of it. And she wants to hurt other people yeah. because she's hurt. She's horrible. Yeah. I, I, so, I'm not going to give... I know, actually... It's interesting because her and Jess were both mistreated in a way by their parents, but in very different worlds. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they actually and turn so, out to be both... Turn out to be really good characters. Yeah, exactly. So it's just interesting to see there's a really good character arc for both of yes. them. Yes. I do want to say I'm glad that you pointed that out because... I was actually, at the end of the episode, was going to give advice to Paris because I am not going to cut her slack. I think she's being a horrible person. Mm-hmm. And again, I understand that she was basically emotionally and you neglected. know mentally neglected and abused by her absentee parents. Not that that's an excuse for treating people the way that you treat them. She also has super low self-esteem, um, which I don't think Jess has. I actually don't think Jess has crazy low self-esteem. But maybe he does and he produces... He might. He, he shows it in a different way. I think Paris definitely does, because though. Because not letting other people love you is a symptom of low self-esteem. That's true, that's true. And he doesn't. But he does recognize, like, when when later, this is skipping ahead, when the principal's like, you're failing. He's like, I'm smarter than all these people here. Yeah. You know, he... He's, I don't... He's, he doesn't have low self-esteem in his IQ, but... Right. And neither does Paris. Right. She does not. It's you more know? about being socially it's, accepted it's, and wanted. It's about being wanted. Yeah. You know what I mean? He doesn't know how to accept love, yeah. and that's a sign of They are very parallel characters, way. actually. They are, yeah. Super parallel characters. And from totally different worlds. It's yeah. interesting that to see... You know, them in conjunction with a person like Rory, who also grew up really without a dad, right. but was so loved by her right. mother. You know right. what I mean? No, I think you're right. I, I'm glad you called that out. I don't want to give Paris a pass, and I think we have given her quite a few passes. She is not a good person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I. Because we also see Paris kind of getting ignored yeah, you know, more a lot than we more. do Jess. We just hear about it well, with Jess. Paris you know? also doesn't. Here's my thing Paris also doesn't like actively break people up and like. Like, Jess actively breaks Rory and Dean up. You know, Jess actively... You're just mad because you love Dean. I did. Yeah. I do. But but she does. He does actively do these things that are, I think, have more ripple effect de- detriment than, like, Paris, you know, giving Rory a, a crappy story in the newspaper. Yeah. Or having to make but her talk to Max Medina. in a way, she's trying to ruin Rory's future. Oh, definitely. So that's different. That's not, I mean, that's not that much different than Rory. Yeah, that's Rory's true. You're, you're not wrong. I think that they both are equally characters that are... She's trying to ruin Rory's chances yes, versus hers. Absolutely. Then we go to the diner and Lorelai's like, okay, so Jess arrived. Like, how is it? You know? And Luke is like, he's, you know. He came and went and left. <laughs> exactly. You know? And she's like, well, did you ask him, like, where he's going? You know? Like, you have to ask, like, where kids are going. Like, that's part of being a parent is, like, yeah. knowing where they are. 
Like, he could be going to hit up a liquor, like, rob a liquor store. And he's like, do you think he would have actually told me he was going to? Which I think is true. It's pretty funny, actually. So then Jess shows up, and Luke introduces Lorelai, and she's trying. She, here's what I will say about Lorelai in this episode. She tries. Mm -hmm. She really tries to be nice to Jess. To be nice to Jess. To give him the benefit of the doubt. Even though she has her doubts, she never lets him see that. And she tries to be good to him. He, she invites him and Luke over for dinner, tries to make him feel welcome. Yes. I do think that... I think she legitimately she actually does. tries. And she means it. Yeah. You know? She wants trying, him to meet her daughter. She's trying to be a good person. Here. Yes. You know, the bigger person. She's trying to support that Luke. Maybe and she's she trying to Maybe she wasn't help. quite before, you know? I 100% agree. But, oh. to play the devil's advocate, is she doing it to get... Because she realizes that this kid's going to be there and she still wants Luke in her life, you know? Like, you know, I don't know. I wants that if he's going to give this kid attention, she wants to be a part of it. Maybe. I'm just playing devil's advocate. No, I think advocate. that's a really good question. I think, you know what I also think it could be to play devil's, devil's, devil's advocate, devil? I don't know. You have double devil's advocate, you know, when you do like PPS. Do you think she's doing it because Lorelai has this insane need to want to be liked? Yes. Because I think Lorelai wants to be liked by everybody. Yeah. And I think the idea is that if she's nice to Jess first, she can get him on her side. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm judging Lorelai for this. I'm very similar. I like to be liked. I don't want people to not like me. Yeah. That's just part of who I am as my personality. And I think that Lorelai wants to be liked. She wants to be the cool mom. Also, she wants to be the one that people come to. And so Rory shows up and basically tells her mom, like, school was fine, but, you know, Paris is just making my life a nightmare on the paper. So then Luke comes upstairs and Jess is smoking and just listening to isn't he listening out. to loud music too? yeah just hanging out and his mom calls liz calls and jess is like i basically like i don't want to talk to her yet. pretend that i'm busy or not here jess basically doesn't want to talk here's the other thing that, that i don't that i have a hard time with jess is like i understand that his life is hard but i also understand that like luke is really trying to be a good uncle and to love him and take care of him mm-hmm. and basically give him everything he needs and it makes me really sad, I will say, to see Jess treat him this way. Yeah. I, I can imagine on Jess's behalf that it's very difficult to get shipped he off He wants him to uncle. leave him alone. He just wants to live his life the way he exactly. wants to live his life. He doesn't want Luke interfering. Right. He doesn't feel like it's a person who probably cares about That's him. That's true. He doesn't want to accept Luke's yeah. love. But I think that the thing that bothers me, I understand right now while he, why he's really hesitant, but the thing that bothers me is Luke continuously tries over and over and over and over again. And at some point... You would think that Jess would get it. And he does, like, five seasons later. But he doesn't get it. And that, like, really bothers me because Luke bends over backwards to be there for Jess and to get him on the right path and to, like, help him. And Jess really just doesn't care at all. And I get it. I get why he doesn't. He has no reason to think that anybody would actually care about him. Yeah, you know, that part where Luke says, I'm not going to let you fall off the face of the earth is, like... By, like, sheer force of will, he's like, I'm going to keep this boy together, you know? And so, basically, he tells Jess, like, Lorelai invited us to come to dinner at her house, you know, with her and her daughter. You'll get to meet Rory, and you'll get to meet Suki and a couple, you know, Jackson. So then we flip back to Chilton, and we're at the paper, and this is, again, where Madeline asks if they can have the gossip column and Paris is like no like and the faculty advisor for the student paper basically sings Rory's praises about her concrete repaving mm-hmm. of the faculty parking lot and about story. how we all become obsolete <laughs> and so Paris is like she's like I think you should assign Rory more hard-hitting pieces so Paris is like okay I'm gonna assign you up like the biggest front page story 
the staff interview the or the staff faculty interview, interview with or whatever. Max Medina. And so with Rory's the like best rated teacher. Right. And so Rory's like, great. Okay, cool. Like, whatever. I'll do it. So then we get to dinner at Lorelai's. Suki is cooking absolutely every food under the sun, which is like so Suki. I love that she's like, oh, what if he doesn't eat cheese? Oh, what if he doesn't like cheese? Just meat? in oh, case he doesn't. Yeah. yeah. Can you. I've, can we venture a guess? We're just talking about the fact that I am Suki here. Yes. I do this all the time when we're bringing people over. Can like, we venture to guess how much money. Suki spends on food every month. Like, what her grocery bill looks like. Okay, also, like, I think I've mentioned this before, but the fact that she just changes the menu at the last second oh at the gosh. Dragonfly, like, that would not fly. Not fly. She, how much money does she waste on food every month? How much food waste? This show has so much food waste. Mm-hmm. So much. It is not good for the environment. Not at all. <laughs> so, Luke and Jess arrive, and this is where Jess... Finally, you know, he and Rory finally meet and he's looking at her books and he's saying that he's like not much of a reader. Why not just say that you like to read? Like, why do you feel the need to be like, oh, I'm not much of a reader? He needs to be mysterious. He doesn't want to be known. The mystique. Or maybe like he doesn't want to seem nerdy, but I'm like, who cares? Like, you don't care what anyone thinks Mm -hmm. or like. I think he just doesn't want to be known. Yeah. It's the same reason why he didn't want to come to dinner. He hates this town. He wants nothing to do with yeah. it. He doesn't want to become friends with anybody. He doesn't want to integrate. Yeah. He doesn't want to be here. He doesn't want to be known. And I think that's the point he's trying to make. I don't want to be here. Yeah. And I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to make friends with people. I right. don't want to be here. I right. don't want to. I think that's why he's being the way he is. That's a really good point that he doesn't want to be known. Yeah. I, th- yeah. I think that that's... He doesn't want to be known. Yeah. So, and Rory, of course, tries to be nice to him. She's just her nice, normal, usual self. Mm-hmm. He goes to get a soda while the rest of them are, you know, serving themselves at the dinner. And, of course, he ends up grabbing a beer and piecing out onto the back porch. Which, I have to say, Lorelai still handles very well. She does. The fact that he stole beer, she handles yeah. very well. She doesn't go running to Luke. She, like, she doesn't rat takes him out. care of the situation. Very cool. This is what I mean, is Lorelai really does try here. And not in an embarrassing way. like. But, I will say, she does, again, give unsolicited advice about a situation yep. she doesn't really know about. Mm-hmm. So she basically tries to level with with uh, Jess and say, like, I've been there. Like, I've done this whole act. I didn't have a great upbringing either. And I'm like, Lorelai, your upbringing, yes, uh, your upbringing yes, kind you of sucks. You were stifled, but oh, you yeah. were also born to a rich family and mother who maybe overly, overly smothered you, you versus yeah. a kid who was basically emotionally neglected. Like, right. I'm not saying that she had an easy childhood. No, she did not. Definitely not. But... Don't try to level with him on the same way. You're not that he, the same. You do not, not have the same. You're not experience. the same, and you're no. not helping him. And this kid who is completely shut off, like m- most high school boys or anybody, right. most high school girls, anybody are anyway. not get a level with this grown adult who's trying to p- force a town down their throat. Right, Because right. that's what it feels and like right now. And pretend, like, when I hate when adults do this, when they're, mm-hmm. like, they're trying to level with you, know, you like, I've I was been once there. an angsty Oh, teenager. my gosh. Oh. Okay. This is my pet peeve. I was actually talking to my friend about this uh, yesterday. We were on a walk. Is when parents try to act like they level with you, like they know what you're going through and they've been there. Like, I was a teenager once. I get it. And I'm like, you were a teenager in a very different Different time. Different world. Things have changed. Yes. You went through things. I'm sure you did. Absolutely. But it's not the same experience. It's not the same experience. And we live in a very different world now, even than this show. Like, we live in a world of constant technology and social media. Like, I, the, when, when I was talking to my friend about this, we were talking about how, like, nowadays, you have to go to, basically have to go to college and get a degree to get a, an entry-level job anywhere. Yeah. In, back in the day, our parents did not have to go to college no. and could get amazing jobs. Yeah, and work their way up in a company And buy well. a house. Don't get me wrong, that still happens, but right. it's not it's as easy It's very as it rare. And they can buy a house for, like, 
$200,000 in the Bay Area. You cannot do that anymore. No. So, like, when you're an adult and you're trying to level with a teenager who lives in a very different time period than you, like, things have changed. It has been yeah. decades since Laura Lorelai was a, a Maybe teenager. do a little bit more listening. Yeah. yeah. Maybe do a little bit more listening than telling. Yes. That's all I have and to say And try not that. to, like, pretend that your, like, your life was nothing like Jess's life. Yes, you both had differently, differently difficult childhoods, but you had ev- access to almost everything. Mm-hmm. You just didn't want the things that you had access to. You didn't yeah. want the rich girl life. You lived in a very different You had two parents lifestyle. who wanted you. Yes. That makes a big difference. That two period, parents, period. Different. Maybe they weren't perfect because nobody is. No, of course but not. But you had two parents who wanted you. Exactly. And that's the base of it. You exactly. Know? Lorelai had a rough life. Oh, She yeah. did. I'm not going to say no. she didn't. But a lot of it was also her own making. Yes. And a lot of yes. it was. And, and don't get me wrong. Like, Jess doesn't make his life any easier no. here. Well, now he doesn't. I don't think he... But he sabotaged his life as a child. It's just, it's a very difficult, all I'm saying is, you both had difficult lives, but it was a very different situation. Very different experiences. And also trying to level with him here is Mm -hmm. not going to help. No. Like. Well, I think it comes back to how we've talked about this a million times. Lorelai is kind of emotionally stunted at the age of 16. She is kind of forever a 16 year old, even mm -hmm. as an adult. And so she thinks that she's, I think she almost actually thinks that she's like a 16 year old talking to another, Mm -hmm. well, 17 year old in this case. I think she thinks she's talking to him as a peer. Like, she's this young mom who gets it because she's been there. And I'm like, Lorelai, you're not. You're a 30-something at this point. Like, you... Very different experiences. Very different time periods. I will say, however, I do appreciate that she defends Luke here and says, give him a chance. You have an uncle that cares about you. He wants to do right by you. He wants to give you the life that you you didn't have with your mom. Like, I know Luke. He's a good person. I do like that she does say that and tries to give, like, tries to tell Jess, like, give him a chance. I promise you won't be disappointed if you do. She's doing this on behalf of Luke, and I can appreciate that. So she goes back inside, and Luke is like, what were you doing out there? And she's like, oh, I was talking to Jess, and that kid is messed up, and, you know, I basically was trying to level with him, and he doesn't get it. And, like, Luke, you're in way over your head. And this is where Luke goes off and is basically like, why are you talking to Jess? This is the thing that Luke does over and over that I don't like. He doesn't like Lorelai getting into his life. He does this with April. When he and Lorelai are engaged, he doesn't want Lorelai inserting herself in any way into his life, even though but he is a part she, of her life. Should she be surprised? Because I feel like, especially with April, he needed time to process oh, yeah. a huge thing. Yeah. He needed time... And, and you know what? When he made the whole point of basically once April meets you, my life is over. Yeah, He's like, once she meets true. you, she's not going to like me. Yeah, I'm not yeah. interesting. I'm not fun. Right. You know, he's like, once she meets you, I'm done. Yeah. Like her time with me is I'm over. Obsolete. Yeah. And he needs time to pro. And I get it. I like, get it. He handled it very poorly. Yeah. He handled it poorly. It could have been handled better. Yeah. He didn't need to completely like excommunicate, like, like right. make them not have a wedding. But yeah. I do get it yeah. because he's like. He thinks Jess needs some space. Yes. Which I actually agree with. I don't, yeah, I don't disagree with that. I think he's basically saying, like, I'm just trying to make this work and yeah. you're making it you're worse. You're making it worse. You know, all he hears yeah. is basically, she, he doesn't hear the conversation that happened outside. Of course. He hears her come in going off on his nephew, basically telling him he can't do it. Right. So I kind of don't blame no, his No, I don't attitude. blame him at all. I think Luke has every right to also want to keep Lorelai separate from his life because Lorelai does the same thing with Max. Yeah. She says the exact same thing to him, basically. Like, they're friends, you have but they're no... not in a relationship yeah. right now, too, also. They're not, yeah. like, before, no. later on with, with April, he's engaged to her. Right. But here, he has no, there is no 
obligation. The obligation for him to, you know what I mean? Like, no, I 100% agree. And I think that, you know, I, I don't like that he gets so upset, but I do understand that Luke is like, I need to do this. Like, this is my thing. It's not your problem to handle. He's my nephew, not yours. Like, I am the one that agreed to take him in and take care of him and to basically, like, for lack of a better phrase, fix him. Yeah. That's not your job to do that. Yeah. It's not your place, basically. Yeah. And also to sit here and tell me that I can't do it. Right. It's horrible. After two interactions with the boy. You know what I mean? On his second day here. Right. Like, you know what I mean? The kid's just been traumatized. It's his second day here. This is your second meeting with him. Yeah. He didn't want to be here. No. Like, and you're chalking it up to him being terrible. Yeah. Like, and as an adult, that's pretty immature. Yeah. That's pretty irrational, and it's not fair. No, it's, it's not. not fair. And don't get me wrong, like, I've gotten annoyed with children before, and I've gotten, yeah. like, and it's like, I can't with them. Right. But I'm not about to go to their parent or whoever and right. be like, that child is unmanageable. You're right. in over your head. Like, what? Like, like children have bad days. If people came over and saw Amelia right before bedtime... Oh, yeah. A few times in a row, they'd be like, this child is a demon. You know what I mean? <laughs> because there's that weird long stretch right. between her second nap and bedtime where she's, like, cranky. overly tired yeah. and she's cranky. You know, versus somebody who comes and see her, sees her every day in the morning right. and she's in her best mood. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you can't force a child who's already been traumatized into a horrible situation and then judge him based on two experiences when he's currently going through something. Right. Like, it's just... Right. People, you know, there have been bad... I, I, If people judged me based off of a couple times of meeting me and they hit me on bad points, which people have... Like, that, you yeah, know, people have happens. met me and there's... And I'm like, man, this person probably thinks I'm horrible right. because the only two interactions they've had with me were, like, when I was... PMSing, or when I was, you know what I mean? Right. Like, in labor, you know, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, that person's probably not going to think a whole lot of me. Like, you know, it's just, you can't chalk up a child's entire existence, especially because it's a child and you're an adult, you know? I don't know. No, I agree. This whole episode is kind of crazy. It is kind of crazy, and I think it's hard because we want to side with Lorelai, but Mm -hmm. in reality, like, she's 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 in the wrong wrong here. Yeah, Yeah. she is. And she's, again, Lorelai thinks of herself as the perfect parent because she thinks of herself very highly she does she thinks very high and, and then to she be sometimes, fair, sometimes she derog like she speaks derogatory about herself i feel like to kind of get other people to talk her yeah, up she yeah. does like the the baiting the fake, you know yeah to and, be fair but realistically she thinks very highly of to herself to be fair she which is, she has she is a pretty she's good a mom. self-made woman yes. she's done very well for yes. herself she deserves to think highly of for herself. the most part she's she a does. pretty good mom she's raised a really good kid for the most part but Again, part of that is luck because of who Rory is. And I think that Lorelai thinks she's a perfect parent because she gave Rory everything that her parents didn't give her. Yeah. It's kind of like the parents that think my parent did X, so I'm going to give... Like, my parents didn't give me anything, so I'm going to give my kid everything. everything. Go like like, the full opposite. Right. And it's like, that doesn't make you a better parent. And just because you do it differently than someone else doesn't make your way better. They're in a fight, basically, and Lorelai refuses to go into Luke's the next morning for Danish Day. It's yeah, Danish Day. Cherry Danish. Uh, and so Rory goes inside and tries to get two coffees and two Danishes, and Luke is like, no, like, you can have one coffee and one Danish, and you can tell your mom if she wants a coffee and a Danish, she can come get it. Lorelai refuses, basically, to come in and get the da- Danish and coffee, and so she just takes off. Well, first she tries to harass a, a little kid. <laughs> to buy it for her. 
So then the so then Taylor Dosey calls Luke to tell him that Jess has done something, basically has stolen money out of this like jar. So we go to Chilton and Rory is doing the interview with Max and. I do think it's really like super weird. Super weird that she I'm says. I'm glad you think that too. Yeah, he's like, she's like, I really wish you were my had been my stepdad, and he's like, I really wish I was. But again, it come I come back to I like they were never that close. You, they were never that I close. I think maybe she just liked the idea. Of I think she a liked stepdad. the idea of it, but also like he wouldn't have been her stepdad really because Lorelai made it very clear that he would have almost no, no part role in raising her. her. Yeah. I think she wanted him to be her stepdad in the sense that she wanted to see her mom happy and she thought yeah. he was a good person and that he was yeah. was a good guy mm-hmm. and in that way was good for her mom. Mm-hmm. Maybe not like the right guy for her mom, but like, you know, it's kind of like when I broke up with my high school boyfriend, mm-hmm. our mom was like, she couldn't understand why. And she was like, but he was such a good guy. And I was like, I'm not debating that he was a good human. Yeah. He was a very good person. He wasn't bad to me. He was not he the person was for not me. the right person. He was person. not the person I wanted to be There's with a difference the between life. a yeah. good person and the right, right person. person. Max was yeah. a good person. He was not the right person. I've definitely dated some bad people, but I've dated a lot of good people. Yes. It didn't mean that I wanted, like, exactly. that, it, that it was, they weren't the right person. So I know? don't, I do think that that was a weird word. I don't like that she used the word stepfather. I think it would have been better if she had said, like, I, I really wanted you and my mom to get married. Yes. That would have been better. That would have it's been a little creepy better. that they used the weird, term right? stepfather. We both had a very, we both had a very loving father. Yes. And I don't know what it would be like to be raised without one. Oh, absolutely. And so I can't sit in Rory's situation also. Maybe she genuinely would love to have a father True. in her life. That's a good point. And so I can't judge this situation because I haven't been in this situation. And even if I had, I haven't been exactly in Rory's situation. But still, I agree. I think it's very awkward. It's a little bit of a weird, Mm -hmm. weird moment. So they do the interview. We find out that Max's middle name is Arturo because of the butcher who Mm -hmm. gave his mom the extra large lamb chops. (laughs) <laughs> maybe maybe he, maybe the butcher is the father. Yeah, you know? who knows? It could yeah. be like a mailman Maybe situation. like the mailman, yeah. So, Which, Luke, where did that even come from? How does a mailman have time on his route to <laughs> impregnate any woman? Like, that must be the most, like, dissatisfying, like, oh situation. Like, maybe it's because he, like, shows up, like, every day. Yeah, I guess like, so. I don't know. I, don't I think know, it's yeah. just a terminology. And but, also, like, he comes up to the door. And, chosen, like, you know, like, yeah. You know, so Luke is like, hey, I got a call from Taylor Dosey. We're coming up on my favorite scene in the whole show here. One of my favorite scenes. I got a call from Taylor Dosey saying that you stole money out of this jar. Like, did you do it? Like, I need you to tell me you did or didn't do it. And Luke's like, or Jess is like, well, what do you want to hear? Mm-hmm. And basically he's like, I didn't do it. And Luke's like, that's not convincing. And Jess is like, basically just like, whatever. Like, nobody in this town believes me. I don't want to be here. Like, you dragged me to this town. Mm-hmm. And Luke's like, fine. Time. I laughed so hard. I've replayed it a million times when Luke shoves Jess up the Go bridge. back one and play it We're going to watch it right now in live real time. So they're having like an argument. A they walk across this little bridge. <laughs> and the Jess. way that he does it, Luke, without <laughs> even pausing, even look over. just pushes just... in. And the way that Jess falls, <laughs> he completely like cartwheel flips into the water. I love it so much. Oh, it's so good. I hope, oh. I wonder if they only had to do that one take because I, uh, that was perfect. It that was, was perfect. perfect. So we get back to the house and Lorelai's like, there's no cough, good coffee anywhere basically except for Luke's. Rory's like, oh, I need to run to the store because I need to get something for school. And Lorelai's asking her what she's working on. She's like, I'm working on an article I'm writing for the French, 
Franklin, excuse mm-hmm. me. And Lorelai reads it, and she's like, oh, it's about Max. Mm-hmm. And so Lorelai's reading it, and she's like, wow, he seems like a really great guy. Like, yeah. I really sure know she's how to dump him. She's having those regrets, yep. you know. Yep, those regrets that will come back to haunt us later in the mm-hmm. series. And Luke shows up and is basically like, I shoved him into a lake. You're right. He is terrible. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, help me, basically. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. Lorelai should have waited for Luke to come to her. Yes. Because he eventually would have come to her. You gotta let him try and swim by themselves yes. a little bit, you yes. know? You because gotta, he, he did. He came to her you gotta knowing... You gotta let a kid learn. Yes. You gotta let him learn. He came to her knowing that she would be the person to go to. Just like she always comes to him with the problems that she knows that he can best solve... The only person he would go to for child-rearing advice would be Lorelai. Who else in his life would he go to? And there's not really anybody that has kids around that, their kid's age. I'm trying, yeah, I'm trying to think about it. I don't there think is so. no one else. I mean, I don't think he knows Dean's parents. He's not going to go to Mrs. Kim. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, crazy. Right? He's not insane. So, yeah. really, it's like he would have come to her eventually if she had just waited it out. So Babat shows up basically saying... Pierpont was stolen, her gnome. Pierpont, yeah. And Luke is like, I know where it is. I'll be back. So he goes back home. And, and he has a come to Jesus yes, moment. Yes, come to with, Jesus with, moment with, with Jess. Jess. And is like, here are the ground rules. Like, you have a curfew. You have to go to school. No more smoking. We're getting you on the patch so that you quit smoking. You cannot be stealing anybody's crap. You need to tell me where you you're going back, at Taylor all times. Josie, you yeah. will. Return Pierpont yep. to his yard. And he lays down the law. And I will say, like you said here, the best line is, I'm not going to let, let you, you fall off the face exactly. of the earth. Exactly. I'm, I, and I'm, you know, dad has always said it. He's always said it. Children appreciate boundaries. Yes. They do. They need them in yes. their lives. And I think that that's super accurate. Yep. I think children thrive with boundaries yep. because children are so mentally... The world is so big. You know, yeah. it's just like they just... There's too much going on. They need them. They need boundaries, yeah. you know? And I think, too, children need to know that you have their best interests at heart and that you're in their corner fighting for them. Yeah. That you want the best for them. You do not want yeah. them to fall off the face of the yeah. earth. You I, know yeah. that they you are care about worth them. more yeah. and can do more with their life than sit around smoking, reading novels all day, and pretending that you're basically like... Hate the world. Uh... Who's my favorite author that I can't think of at this moment? And Ernest Hemingway. Hemingway you know yeah. what I mean? Like, there's more to Jess than that. Yeah, and, exactly. And Luke knows that. Yeah. And he doesn't want Jess to basically end up like his dad. And I think sometimes you need to explain that to your kids. Yeah. Like, I like it when parents explain their yes, reasoning the to why. children. Like, explain I think, the why. I think it's very vital. I think as a child, it for me, for me, this is my advice for me, when I was a kid, knowing the why behind something made it a lot more tangible and I could grasp onto the understanding. Why should I not touch the stove? It also made me because respect them. You'll it burn made me, your hand. Yes. It made me have way more expre- ex- respect. Yes. Because and they thought through what the implications and of it this choice was. also made me feel more valued. Yes. Because I was worth the explanation. Right? And they That's were treating what it was. me like an adult. They yeah. were treating me like somebody who deserved the intelligent reasoning behind mm-hmm. why a decision had been made. Yeah. They were treating me like a human being. Exactly. Would probably be a better way to put it, you know? So Jess goes out to return Pierpont and runs into Rory, who's coming back from buying paper or whatever it is she went out for. And he gives her back her book that he has written in the margins of because he's made all these notes for her because he's read the book a million times. He stole it off her dresser, basically. And she's like, you know. I actually think this was a good gesture. Yeah, I do too. I think it was sweet. I think he finally found, well, I think he feels like he's finding somebody that's 
he can relate to a little. Yeah. Well, you and know he expresses himself differently. So I don't Rory. mind the way that he attaches himself no, to Rory. No, I don't you know? mind that at all because I think that Rory is one of the few people in Jess's life that at this moment that doesn't try to actively change him. Mm-hmm. She kind she of accepts really anything yes. down his throat. She know? kind of gently nudges him in the right direction and is like, maybe don't commit felony by like stealing things off of yeah. people's like lawns or dressers. She's but, not like, she quite as in your him. face as Lorelai. Yes. Like, she, like I think that Rory was the person that needed because Lorelai, even though her intentions are good, yeah. is very in your face. Right. Welcome to the neighborhood. Well, Luke, you know what I mean? Luke like, actually says that earlier in this episode when he's talking about Lorelai and Rory. Gentler, yeah. He says Rory is a lot like her mom, except she has a firmer grasp on reality. <laughs> and I think that that's really true here. I think that Rory is like gently telling Jess like, Hey, Maybe don't commit felonies. Maybe don't be a jerk. Yeah. Right. But, like, she doesn't judge him or push that on yeah. him or try to act, like, holier than he is. She's just very much, like, kind to him mm-hmm. and tries to be a good influence in the right way. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I don't I don't think that it's bad that Jess attaches himself to Rory. I just wish he had done it in a friend way and not in a complicated, overly romantic way where he ends up hurting her and so many other people because yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. And that is the end of the episode. Whew, wow, there's was a, a lot to say yeah, about this Sorry, one. folks. So, um, a lot my, of opinions. <laughs> my unsolicited advice, even though we've been giving advice. We've been advice, giving way much. In, yeah, so as you know, I promise, if you don't like advice, yeah, this I guess is we, maybe we should, we should put like a precursor. Disclaimer. At the of, disclaimer, please don't listen if you yeah. don't want our advice. Uh, all of our advice given in this episode, you can take it with a grain of salt. You can take it or leave it. We, we understand that it's not for everyone and that's okay. I am going to give unsolicited, unsolicited advice to Paris, though, as I promised earlier. Um, Paris needs to just let it go. Like, let it go, girl. There's so much more to life than high school. Like, if I could go back and tell myself one thing, it would be there's so much more to life than high school. Get over it. You're stupid. Like, you're holding on to stupid, stupid anger about something that, one, didn't even happen. And you just I feel like you've given similar advice to her in the past. Yeah, Yeah. she just needs to let it go. Like, take a chill pill. Yeah, it's like, and don't ruin a good thing, like a good friendship over a stupid guy who isn't worth your time. Not worth it. It's not worth it. Agreed. Okay, are you ready for some pop culture? Yes. Pop culture corner. Thank you. Thank you. I feel like it's like Wayne's World, but it's pop culture corner. Wayne's World. (laughs) All right. Lane mentions a bunch of bands, so I'm not going to go into all of them. She mentions mentions the Bee Gees, MC5, the Sonics. Jess also mentions Tool and Metallica later. I'm not going into all the bands. They're all bands, okay? You can just assume they're all bands. Google them if you're interested. Google them if you're really interested in listening to 60s and 90s hair metal. Lane says, well, if Mojo says, Mojo Collection, The Ultimate Music Companion, is a book that was published by the music magazine Mojo. Lorelai says, are you going to go burn Huck Finn later, Taylor? Huckleberry Finn, or The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, is a novel by Mark Twain. Okay, this mention is my favorite. The Shawshank Redemption mm. is a 1994 film based on... Wait, the- can you tell me the line that they use So Lorelai says, <laughs> when Luke says, oh, Liz is sending my nephew Jess to town, she's like, can you get a little more information? Like, did he watch the Shawshank, Shawshank Redemption and feel at home? Like, it was a homey environment. So- <laughs> 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 because... Spoiler alert, Shawshank Redemption, okay. It's a good movie. It's a great movie. Did you, you want to know? No. I saw Shawshank Redemption for the first, first time, time like a three, year ago. Okay, so I saw One it for the first year time, ago. Like what three is years ago. Me? Not three years ago. I saw it for the first time in college. Okay, this is my story about the Shawshank Redemption. So, <laughs> spoiler alert, it takes place mostly in a prison. Also, can I just say, that with the name Shawshank Redemption. Okay, this is where I'm going I thought it was story. a horror this movie. This is okay. I horror. thought it was. That's why I never watched it. Yeah. For my, not, okay, I like horror movies, but for but all of my life, yeah. I, I thought the I Shawshank. I don't like old ones. I don't like no, old No, I don't like the old, old crappy ones. ones. Yeah. 
for most of my life, every time I heard Shawshank Redemption, I thought it was a horror film. So I just never got around to watching it because... Oh my gosh, I'm so glad that I'm not the only so one So when I that. finally... my <laughs> The guy I was dating at the time was like, no, you need to watch it. It's not a horror film. And we watched it for the first time in college. And it's so good. And it's so good. It's oh my gosh. It's such a good movie. It's a 1994 film based on the 1982 Stephen King novella starring Morgan Freeman about two imprisoned men who bond and find solace and eventual redemption through acts of common decency. It is fabulous. If you've not watched it, stop listening at the end of this episode or right now. I don't care. And go watch that film. It's amazing. She says, what if Jess is basically Fredo? Frederick Corleone, or Fredo, is a character from the 1969 novel and 1972 film The Godfather, which they reference a lot in this show. So <laughs> Lorelai, or Rory says, we're fine, Riff. Riff is a character from the book slash film West Side Story. He's the leader and co-founder of the Jets, and his character is based on Mercutio from Romeo and Juliet. Lorelai says, basically talking about the town, she says we're not a Fellini film, like out of a Fellini film. Federico Fellini was an Italian film director and screenwriter known for his distinctive style, which blends fantasy and Baroque images with earthiness. When Rory asks how meeting Jess was, Lorelai says, like, he basically isn't talkative. He's not going to be replacing the Dodo on the Regis show anytime soon. Regis Philbin hosted a show called Live with Regis, which previously was called um, Live with Regis and Kathy Lee, and it started in 1988. There's a reference to John and Jackie, like they're the next John and Jackie of the school, which is a reference to John F. Kennedy and Jackie Kennedy, Mm -hmm. who was, obviously, he was the president of the United States at one point. There's a mention we talked about the Pulitzer Prize, which is an award which is an award for achievements in newspaper, magazine, and online journalism, literature, and musical composition within the United States. There's a mention of the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and the New Yorker. Those are all magazines and newspapers. Henry VIII is mentioned. He was the King of England from 1509 until 1547, best known for his six marriages and his attempt to divorce his first wife. The Roman Empire was mentioned. It was the post-Republican period of ancient Rome founded in 27 BC. Dr. Laura, he says, thanks, Dr. Laura, just says that to uh, Lorelai. Dr. Laura is an American talk radio host and author, um, and she hosts the Dr. Laura program. The Breakfast Club is a 1985 teen comedy drama, best movie ever, by John Hughes, about five high school students from different walks of life enduring a Saturday detention, and it stars Molly Ringwald, Emilio Estevez, Anthony Michael Hall, Ali Sheedy, and Judd Nelson. Again, stop this recording and go watch The Breakfast Club if you have not. Next, I wrote a 10-page paper on The Breakfast it's Club. It's the best movie ever. It's a great book. I think it's my favorite animated. my favorite non-animated movie. I think it's probably my favorite. I probably one, yeah. probably one of my three, favorite easily. movies. Yeah, easily. easily top three. So there's the sh- episode is called Nick and Nora, Sid and Nancy. Nick and Nora Charles are fictional characters from Dashiell Hammett's novel The Thin Man. Sid and Nancy uh is based off the 1986 musical slash drama film about the sec about sex pistols i think he was the bassist sid vicious who is played by gary oldman who you'll know as mm-hmm. serious black uh who takes his girlfriend nancy spongen on tour with them spongen, spongen. barbara walters is mentioned uh, rory says barbara walters sits in her interviews She's a retired American broadcast journalist, author, and TV personality who hosted numerous programs, including Today, The View, 2020, and the ABC Evening News. When Luke is telling Jess about his approved activities, he says one of the things he can do is his Kabbalah studies. Kabbalah is the name applied to the whole range of Jewish mystical activity. While codes of Jewish law focus on what it is God wants from man, Kabbalah tries to penetrate deeper into God's essence itself. Color Me Mine is mentioned. It's a paint-yourself ceramic studio. Uh, paint it yourself ceramic studio i should say and last but not least she calls rory calls jess dodger from oliver twist jack dawkins 
known as the Artful Dodger, is a character from Charles Dickens' 1838 novel, Oliver Twist. He's a pickpocket. And that is it for Pop Culture Corner. Congratulations if you made it to the end of this episode and don't hate us for all of our unsolicited advice. If you want to hear more unsolicited advice from us on just about everything and anything, you can follow us on Instagram at Friday Night Dinner Pod. You can email us your thoughts about our unsolicited advice or give us your own unsolicited advice at Friday Night Dinner Podcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. You can send in your proposal stories, your oven stories. We are still accepting all of the above. And we will see you next time in Stars Hollow. See you next time in Stars Hollow. Bye. Bye.